Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with a Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 64, Getting Proactive with the Tao. What stays still is easy to hold. Without omens, it is easy to plan. The brittle is easy to shatter. The minute is easy to scatter. Handle things before they appear. Organize things before there is confusion. A tree as big as a person's embrace grows from a tiny shoot. A tower nine stories high begins with a mound of earth. A journey of a thousand miles begins under one's feet. To act is to fail, to grab is to lose. Therefore, the wise do not act and do not fail. They do not grab and do not lose. In handling things, people usually fail when they are about to succeed. Be as careful at the end as at the beginning, and there will be no failure. Therefore, the wise desire to have no desires. They do not value rare treasures. They learn what is unknown, returning to what many have missed, so that all things may be natural without interference. That's verse 64 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Sanderson Beck. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it. And we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about examples of the easily scatterable. Part two talks about how not to scatter things. <laughs> and part three talks about how to scatter things. So, 
I don't know about you, but I've recognized this particular line a lot. A journey of a thousand miles begins under one's feet. Or, you know, different variations thereof. And I'm so tickled that this is where it's at. Like, I know now, okay, it's verse 64 in the Tao Te Ching, right? Um, So that's kind of cool. But uh, coolness aside, uh, part one is basically sort of like an extension. I, I, an extension of like the last verse, right? So verse 63 was was all about like kind of teeing it up and setting up this verse, uh, at least in my interpretation for right now. So Lao Tzu is saying that the brittle is easy to shatter. The minute is easy to scatter. And, you know, in verse 63, we're talking about handling things while they were small. Well, here we're saying handling, we're talking about handling things before they appear, which is kind of the same thing, um, but maybe even a little more proactive if we could, if we could say that. So that's what the first part is kind of saying. And it's very subtle, <laughs> of course, right? Because that's in line with Tao and the subtle workings of the universe and everything like that. Um, so it's perfect. Um, so that's the first part. And this, okay, so like we've established that, that, all right, well, if I'm in tune, if I'm in harmony with the Tao, then I can sense things coming and I can like deal with them before they're even an issue. I mean, that sounds like magic, right? <laughs> it's not magic. But it is subtle, and it appears magical, and it feels magical, at least to me. Um, and there's this way that we can practice that, that that we'll talk about later in the episode. So I'm really excited to, uh, to, to go through that. Now, part two talks about how not to scatter things. So he's saying, okay, to act is to fail, to grab is to lose. Basically, the non-action thing. Like, Lao Tzu's like, don't don't not do nothing. In other words, do nothing. <laughs> but in the Wu Wei kind of way that, that we're talking about, stop inserting yourself into things, right? Um, and so that's how not to do it, how not to scatter things while they're small. And then the third part is, you know, he says, therefore the wise desire to have no desires. And I feel that that is kind of the key here. And what are we talking about desires? Well, we're not talking about the desires for a better world. We're not talking about the desires for, you know, altruistic things. We're talking about selfish desires. And there's things that, you know, we've talked about before. So how to scatter things is to make sure that your desires are minimal. Because what that does is that opens you up to that subtle realization of what actually is going on. And then we have a chance to actually see things that are coming before their actual issues. So that's like, I feel like that's like, it seems like magic because we haven't uncovered, well, for me anyways, I haven't uncovered, you know, all the, the subtlety because I have all these desires that are in the way. When I can let go of those desires and uncover them, that's when I see things coming a mile away or maybe a thousand miles away, depending on, you know, <laughs> what you want to interpret. Okay, so this verse has three parts to it and we'll get into depth on those later on in the episode. But for now, let's wrap it up and let's remember that those parts are these. Part one talks about examples of the easily scatterable 
part two talks about how not to scatter things and part three talks about how to scatter things so let's put that back together i'll read verse 64 again what stays still is easy to hold without omens it is easy to plan the brittle is easy to shatter the minute is easy to scatter handle things before they appear organize things before there is confusion a tree as big as a person's embrace grows from a tiny shoot a tower nine stories high begins with a mound of earth a journey of a thousand miles begins under one's feet to act is to fail to grab is to lose. Therefore, the wise do not act and do not fail. They do not grab and do not lose. In handling things, people usually fail when they are about to succeed. Be as careful at the end as at the beginning, and there will be no failure. Therefore, the wise desire to have no desires. They do not value rare treasures. They learn what is unknown returning to what many have missed, so that all things may be natural without interference. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering getting proactive with the Tao. There are three. Number one is avoiding the what-if pitfalls. Number two, how not to do it. And number three, how to do it. Avoiding the what-if pitfalls. It all starts with one thought, doesn't it? All the spiritual literature that's out there, everything from the esoteric to the practical, one idea. The idea that there's got to be more than what we can see, touch, hear, smell, and taste. That our very awareness of those things means that there's got to be more than what we immediately experience. This tiny idea, or realization perhaps, has allowed us as humans to produce incredibly massive amounts of literature, practices, religions, non-religions, entire cultures, and civilizations <laughs> that center around this thing. It starts with something small. I feel like this verse is an extension of our previous verse, verse 63. In 63, we talked about tending to the subtle things, and then considered how small changes in our attitudes affected our relationships. In this verse, there's more of the same, only I feel like it allows us to expand our awareness of the subtle a bit. My sense is that we are called to examine very small things in our self-cultivation efforts. To put this in context, I'd like to begin with a shout out to the late Dr. Wayne Dyer, who, in his book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, in his discussion of this verse, talks about three different ways to grow spiritually. To paraphrase, he says that the first way we grow is through suffering. It is only when the pain becomes too great that we stop what we're doing and look for a better way. <laughs> I can relate to this. The second way is to realize the Tao is serving us a lesson while in the middle of it. Usually when things feel uncomfortable or undesirable, we can pause, be present with a moment, and then ask ourselves, 
What is it that I may learn from this opportunity? I can relate to this, and it's a fact that's profound once I stop fighting and see what's going on. All of a sudden, my world shifts a little. And then there's the third way, which felt a little too mystical for me at first. The third way is to anticipate resistance or subtle energies that will end up blocking me from harmony with the Tao and deal with those things before they're even there. <laughs> I've experienced this as well, mysticism aside. I think we all have, actually. And so the third way is what I'd like to spend some time with today. In this first part of the verse, Lao Tzu gives us many examples of what he means by attending to that which needs attending before it's actually a thing. At first glance, this all looks well and good until we start thinking about it and realize that we can anticipate everything and what if everything to death and still miss the mark, to which we might say, I guess there's no point. <laughs> Think the whole Tao thing is silly anyways and go back to doing the best we can. <laughs> which, in my opinion, would be a valid approach. But what if we considered for a moment that Everything we've experienced so far with a Tao seems to make no sense at first, but once we spend some time with it is actually quite useful. Yes, like everything else, Lao Tzu, this one is a gem once we get there. I don't think the issue is convincing ourselves about the value of anticipating that which is small. I feel like most of us are enthusiastic about being proactive with things because We've experienced problems that have snowballed out of control and we've learned this. I think the main issue here is the how of it. How do I, without wasting energy and effort, handle something before it's a thing? I think we can get good at this with a little learning and a lot of practice. First off, I feel like we can approach this practice with the mindset that we're going to be learning stuff all three ways. I will still suffer. I will still realize I'm in lessons and learn while I'm there. And this third way is not a cure for my suffering, <laughs> even though I want it to be. Second, I feel like we can learn a bit about methods or steps we can take to set the table, so to speak. And third, I feel like we can use our practice of observation and awareness to continue to get better at it. When we talk about the actual questions to ask and the specifics and the application part of this verse, let's just talk about an overview of those first three things. I've found that the actual handling of things before they're things is quite easy. The trick is to know what's worth dealing with, like will it become a thing or not? In the beginning, there's no way to know this, aside from an occasional gut feel. So it's important for me to keep an open mind about it all and cheerfully, quote, take my lumps when I miss it and find myself agitated or at a point of surrender. I do well to remember that all growth is positive and is me becoming a better version of myself, despite how it may seem at the time. So that's the mindset stuff. Next, let's approach setting the table. Many of the episodes are about practicing certain principles. It's that spirit of practice that allows us to be open to this more proactive way of handling things. Yes, the principles are guiding and important, and the spirit of practice, doing things over and over, being willing to make mistakes and try again, that's what makes progress possible. 
Further, we've talked about this a little bit. The integration of our shadows, this refinement of our energy, or the combination of introspection, meditation, and communication with the Tao, this practice is the mechanism by which we're able to pick out the right things to address while they're small. So if we're practicing the principles, and we're doing the introspection, meditation, and communication, we've laid down the infrastructure we need to get started. And finally, just because I happen to be successful at this once, (laughs) doesn't mean that I've got it. There are myriad lessons, and each one's uncharted territory. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a lesson, would it? Some are easy, some aren't, but they are all learnable. The key to continuing to grow is my willingness to learn, which drives an ongoing attempt to stay aware of things as best I can. So, awareness and willingness to continue the growth process is the third part. So, the method is this. Insofar as I have been able to experience anticipating energies and handling them before they become painful lessons. There's eight steps here. The first step is staying close to that feeling of self-love. The second is becoming aware of when it feels even slightly off. The third is getting quiet with the Tao and asking for guidance. The fourth is being open to signs. Do I need to do a thing or is there something that is blocking me from progress? Number five is using the signs to hone in on the issue. Sixth, spending time with the issue and dissolving it. Seven, resting. And eight, allowing the blocked energy to flow again within me. I'll share with you two ways that I practice this process. I'm quite certain that there are more out there. These are just what work for me right now. The first is using the Yijing, less in a fortune-telling way and more in a, hmm, that resonates, let me look at this kind of way. And the second is using a series of questions that help me identify, number one, what I'm doing to create issues, two, how that's based on some sort of false belief I've got going on in the background, and three, how I can let go of that belief. So, full disclosure, this is a lot of work. But I've found, as I do it when I can, being patient with myself, the rewards are so worth it. So we'll get into those questions and methods and the practical application of this verse. For now, let's look at the rest of the verse, where Lao Tzu is going to tell us how not to practice this proactivity, and then how to actually practice it. How not to do it. (laughs) Those who act spoil. Those who try to grasp lose it. Classic Lao Tzu, isn't it? When we put this part into context, after having experienced the first part of this verse, it's kind of easy to get it, right? Most of what we've been discussing for the whole podcast is this notion of non-action, and it seems the message here in the first part is to do things in the now, one at a time, using patience and presence. And in the second part, Lao Tzu tells us, hey, remember, just because you think you're almost at the end of your thousand-mile journey doesn't mean that you can stop walking and let the journey complete itself. So in a nutshell, I feel like Lao Tzu is telling us to beware of complacency. Now, what is complacence other than the self-assurance that the outcome toward which we've been working is inevitable? 
It seems to me that when I allow myself to fall into complacency, I become lazy and stop doing the thing that has gotten me to the place I'm at today. So the easiest example I can think of is at work. Let's say I'm working on a project and when I hit that 60-70% mark, I'm all, this is cool, time to move on to the next thing. Man, this happens a lot. Though recently I've been able to maintain patience till the end and complete my tasks. Because what happens if I'm not patient is I actually never complete that project and I just start something else. (laughs) Can you relate? (laughs) Um, So I tell you, it's taken some practice to maintain patience, not going to lie. So what about at home? How does complacency get me there? Well, it's simple. By me taking my loved ones for granted. I start concentrating on the little things that annoy me rather than the little things I appreciate about the people at home. And this is similar with friends. I stop being grateful for their company and start demanding things of them. Not outright, of course, but inside of me. And for me, this looks like indulging in a little bit of judging, a little bit of gossip here and there, maybe some sarcasm. If I were to place one focus on all of that, I would say that Complacency is the most dangerous where self-cultivation is concerned. In order to get this wonderful feeling of connection with the Tao, to begin enjoying its gifts, I needed to put in the time and effort. I needed to take all those steps on my thousand-mile journey. If I'm on our forest path, and I can see the magical land ahead of me, I would be silly to stop just short of it, and take a bypass then, wouldn't I? If we're to continue practicing Tao, we mustn't allow ourselves to be lulled into a sense of satisfaction. Appreciation is one thing, yes, but we must continue to do that which allowed us to arrive in an awakening in the first place. We must continue to be diligent, continue to always refine our energy, integrate our shadows. We must be like the Tao, Always on with our efforts. How to do it. So if how not to do it is by avoiding complacency, the next part of this verse is Lao Tzu telling us how to do it. Just to recap, in the first part, we talked about handling things before they become issues. And in the second part, we talked about how always remaining vigilant and aware, at least to the best of our abilities at the time, will see us through. So this part is how we can practice staying aware. And as you might imagine, we've heard it before. And, of course, it's not what one might first think. (laughs) It's not sitting there and concentrating on being aware so much as it is placing attention on something else. It's that attention on something else that allows our true natures to be themselves. And, Lao Tzu suggests, why not concentrating on desiring no desire? Well, no desire for what? (laughs) And how? Well, I think there are many ways to answer this. And for me, and for now, it seems that there is a fine line between setting intentions and desires. In this case, let's just categorize desires as things we want out of a self-centered motivation. I want my spouse to stay home more because I desire more of her affection. And when she stays out, I become insecure and starved. Where's the desire there? 
I would argue that I'm desiring to possess her attention and I'm looking for ways to get it. And when I don't get it, I turn my greediness and wrath back on myself and punish me for not being able to, quote, make it happen. I feel like it's that kind of desire cycle that we want to avoid. You know, that desire that when unfulfilled just leads us into getting down on ourselves. Handling that while it's small, says Lao Tzu, is easy. Desire things for others and not for ourselves. In fact, he does take it a step further and suggests service to others in the last couple lines. He says that we can restore to the multitude what it has lost. In short, by thinking of others, we leave off selfish desire. And when we do that, we lead by example. Our inner natures come forth and show the rest of the world who we really are, which are beings of love, compassion, and humility. In other words, we are Tao. And by showing this, we are helping to remind others not only about the Tao, but about themselves and their original divine natures as well. So that's how to do it. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering getting proactive with the Tao, I thought about three things. I thought about avoiding the what-if pitfalls. I thought about how not to do it. And I thought about how to do it. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of getting proactive with the Tao in this verse today. I'd like to share some of the methods that I use in being proactive and addressing things before they are there. Now, there are some extensive steps here. I personally don't do all of them at once unless there is a heavy issue I need to work through. So feel free to pick and choose as you go. Also, these are just the tools I use right now. There are many others, and I encourage you to explore and allow the Tao to show you what fits you perfectly. I also want to say that if you are suffering from addiction, alcoholism, compulsive damaging behaviors, mental illness, or any other disorder that prevents you from living the life you want, you should seek professional help in those areas. While these tools we will cover are helpful, you should not rely on them to help you get well. Finally, you should know that I've pulled these tools from different sources. None of them are original to me. Those sources are the Yijing, any 12-step recovery program, Dr. Wayne Dyer's Excuses Be Gone paradigm, and Hal Dwoskin's Sedona Method. The questions we'll go through are adaptations of those works. Thanks for sticking with me so far. In an effort to handle things while they're small, I have discovered some ways to do that, and I feel like I like to use a combination of reading, writing, meditation, and communication with the Tao. What follows is the reading and writing intensive process. Okay, so the first thing I like to do is become aware of my energy, and I can do that in meditation. Sometimes it's tranquil, sometimes not. I can usually tell when it's not by how many thoughts are running through my mind that day. If there are many and I can't seem to get quiet, I know that there is usually fear, insecurity, or anger at work. I do my best to identify what the root cause of that feeling is. Then later, I'll pick up the easing for some guidance. I'm looking for any thoughts or considerations that are external to me. 
If you have practiced a bit of the I Ching before, you'll know that each hexagram refers back to the same principles. <laughs> I like to think that they're just 64 facets of the diamond of truth, and each facet is a way that I can use to get back to that truth. So I'll look for insights there. Incidentally, if the I Ching isn't your thing, then any spiritual text will work. When I have identified what is bothering me on a deep level, and again, this is usually some form of insecurity, I'll take a moment to get out my journaling materials. I'll decide what combination of questions I want to ask myself, and I'll get to work. What follows is a list of the questions I use. I'll put them in the description of this episode for your use. Feel free to journal on all the questions or some of them. The first thing I want to do is realize how the problem I have is being caused by me. <laughs> I asked myself four things. Number one is, who is the person or situation that is causing me this insecurity? Number two is, what are they doing? If it's a fear, I ask myself, what's going to happen if this fear comes true? Third thing is, what type of security am I needing here or trying to get? Am I trying to get emotional security, financial security, social security, like in terms of prestige? Am I trying to get intimate security, like intimacy? And then the fourth question is, what did I do to start a chain of events that led me to having this insecurity? A quick note, this is the most difficult part for me, as it causes me to exercise my humility here. The important thing to remember for me is that I am not concerned with the other person's actions. They may have contributed, but I am the one looking at my own reactions. I'll know I've completed this section if I can clearly see how I am the progenitor of my anger or fear. Now, the next series of questions is designed to allow me to see how I have a false belief that is contributing to my propensity to create anger or fear. I want to look at that fourth question and ask, what's the reason I'm doing this? Specifically, I want to ask, what belief system is at work? For me, it's easy to do it this way. I look at question four and I say, okay, well, if I believe that if I do what's in question four... I'll get what I'm trying to get in question three. And that's how I start identifying my belief systems. Sometimes I'll need to explore this a bit in conversation with others or by writing. Once I know which belief is at work, I'll write it down. I've come up with things like, I'm alone. I will feel content if I have money. I can feel safe if this person wouldn't behave in this way. <laughs> things like that. Okay, so here are the next set of questions once I've done that. The first question is, what is that belief that is running in the background? The second is, is it true? Or did it come from a series of reactions and interpretations of reality as I was growing up? Number three is, what is the payoff for me believing this? The fourth question is, okay, well, what would my life and my thoughts look like if I didn't actually have this belief? 
The fifth question is, would I be willing to consider letting go of this belief? Question number six is, if yes, when would I be willing to let go of this belief? And number seven is, moving forward, what can I practice in order to reinforce this new outlook I have? I find that when I move through those questions, I can undo and unlearn some of those destructive thought patterns that I unknowingly created as I grew into adulthood. So there's one final question, and it can look something like this, and is in the communication with the Tao category. I can say, thank you for showing me this. Please now show me how I may practice living with this new outlook. Please help me be willing to see, understand, and put into practice what has been discovered. And that's pretty much it. I feel like this is a nice, doable way to integrate our shadows and handle things while they are small. Of course, this all takes a lot of practice. I'm still not that great at it. And I suspect it will be many years before I am, if I am. (laughs) But that's okay. It's the doing that keeps me walking on that path we've talked about. It's just one step at a time on our thousand mile journey. So that'll wrap it up today. Thank you for considering the principle of getting proactive with the Tao with me today. I wish you compassion, contentment, and humility. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 64 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Sanderson Beck. What stays still is easy to hold. Without omens, it is easy to plan. The brittle is easy to shatter. The minute is easy to scatter. Handle things before they appear. Organize things before there is confusion. A tree as big as a person's embrace grows from a tiny shoot. A tower nine stories high begins with a mound of earth. A journey of a thousand miles begins under one's feet. To act is to fail. To grab is to lose. Therefore, the wise do not act and do not fail. They do not grab and do not lose. In handling things, people usually fail when they are about to succeed. Be as careful at the end as at the beginning, and there will be no failure. Therefore, the wise desire to have no desires. They do not value rare treasures. They learn what is unknown, returning to what many have missed, so that all things may be natural without interference. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. 
by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.